Why don't you fall asleep on me? Two political brothers with your hosts, Chauncey and Avery. So, Avery, after last week's episode, it was fun, as we stated. Uh, it was a first for you and I. Either no, uh, I, neither one of us has had podcast experience, but we have listened to plenty of them. Can't you agree on that? Yes, I, I've had a, I have a good intake of podcasts. Perfect. And your audio is sounding amazing, my say, my ass. So glad we're working that out. Improvements uh, like, have been made. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Uh, got, you know, for, the, for you guys, because I will say this, we have heard your concerns and we are working on it. So audio is getting better on Avery's end because mine is just, uh-huh. thank you, Apple, not an endorsement, not getting paid for that. But uh, I do want to say, though, um, that we did talk about Capitol Hill, and obviously there have been some more news that's coming out, especially what has occurred within the Capitol with uh, Capitol Hill police um, protesters being uh, caught. And the whole thing is still um, just a travesty to me. Uh, you know, all those previous treasonous individuals that went into the Capitol and threatened the lives, of the men and women who work there, as well as the men and women who serve our country through public service um, of being our elected. Once again, I will say this again, duly elected uh, representatives. Uh, we discussed a lot of the ramifications of that event and uh, what it might portend for the near future and the stability of the United States going forward. We had mentioned that we were going to discuss entitlements. Uh, it's a really popular topic, especially between us. Uh, and it's, I, we think it's necessary just as much as it was to talk about the, the uh, ethics of rioting, for example, and protest. But uh, given how current events have uh, so rapidly changed with the um, impending impeachment uh, char- uh, charges against uh, President, Don- President Donald J. Trump, we think it is imperative uh, that we discuss that and the ramifications it has uh, for 2021 as, as crazy as, as it's already starting out. So concerning trials of impeachment against uh, Donald J. Trump, personally speaking, as a, as a Democrat and uh, not to gatekeep, but Democratic Socialist, um, I'm not too uh, upset about him getting impeached for a second time in the House. However, uh, my brother who uh, has conservative leanings I'm kind of curious about how you're feeling about all of this. So <laughs> I, I love how last episode, Avery, you went from um, progressive to staying what you are, which is a democratic socialist. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but I'm not giving you half of my check. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter, though, is, is that when it comes to this impeachment, I'm not defending the man because I do believe that he was wrong. For what he did, uh, because at the end of the day, his words, um, when you're coming from someone of that particular power, mean can be easily misconstrued. And uh, especially after the fact, saying that phrase, I, I love you guys, you know, 
but you got to go home. I would be have condemned them. And that was something that Donald J. Trump, President Donald J. Trump had an issue with, especially when you looked at the presidential debate and he could not condemn white supremacists, but that's a whole different issue. But the fact of the matter though is, is that I am only against this impeachment trial because at this point it is symbolic and it's costing taxpayer dollars and time for no reason, in my opinion, because a lot of friends that of mine that I've spoken to that are Democrats uh, say that we need this because it's going to prevent him from running for office again. And in my mind, I'm wondering why is that such a big issue? Because one, you have to look at the man's age. Two, you have to look at that he has killed his own political career. He himself has killed his own political career, not the Democratic Party, no one else. This is just symbolic at this point, especially when you're looking at that the trial will not take place until after Joe Biden is sworn in. So then there's the other issue of the set. Joe Biden cannot start his, you know, cannot really start, not start his um, his presence presidency essentially because the Senate will still have to approve his cabinet, which they can't because they have the trial on the table. The House can still operate and function, but everything is just going to get backed up. So no, another package of coronavirus relief or anything like that until everything is done in the Senate, which is this impeachment trial. And then the second concern that one's going to have, especially with all the conspiracy theorists and pro-Trumpers that are out there, especially those that you know, at this point, everyone in the United States will have to agree anything could be possible from this um, radical group <laughs> because of what happened at Capitol Hill. If they could do that, who knows what else is possible? And so it just leaves a lot of skepticism and doubt because let's say this trial, which should take weeks, especially after we saw the first impeachment hearings, and that was with a Republican run Senate, mind you. And so I feel like this is going to become a trial that's going to be rushed. There's going to be issues with it because they, instead of weeks, they're going to make it into days. And with the United States judicial system as it is, it should take as long as it should. So that's why from the get-go, I was like, I get it, guys. You guys want to make, uh, want to impeach the man. But at this point, it's just symbolism. And all you're doing is hurting President-elect Joe Biden simply because you're holding his, his true 100 days off and pushing that back. As well as you're not, the, the transition, the, the moving on phase from the Trump era is going to be extended now because of this act. And now you're going to have this, no matter what happens, it's going to dominate news cycles for numerous, numerous times. I mean, hell, look at us. We're talking about it right now. Yeah, so... So my response to that would be, so I, there's a few things I want to respond to there. Uh, one of which is, I think there is a legit, it's a legitimate question about whether or not the Senate can convene on an impeachment case um, after the inauguration. Uh, I'm fairly confident the constitution directly prohibits that. So I don't know if it's a question per se in terms of possibility, but there is precedent for charging for impeaching a federal federal employee of a previous term uh, after the inauguration of a new president has been held. So um, I don't know, yeah, I mean, it, it poses some interesting legal questions, I suppose, and constitutional questions. 
Um, but because of that, I'm not sure exactly if it would impede uh, Biden's new term. And, and as a side note, I suppose, the Senate has already slowed down the number of cabinet, uh, um, the hearings for cabinet positions for uh, uh, Joseph R. Biden Jr., uh, our president-elect, right? Usually by this time, uh, the cabinet positions are already uh, confirmed for the next term, or at least partially so. But I think we only, we have zero cabinet positions confirmed and only two on the table for uh, this week. In terms of the symbolism of it all, I do agree that it is symbolic, but I, I in some ways, and I think that's important on, it, on its own merits, because when you have someone like President Trump in office, for the sake of our the stability of our democracy, I think it's important to say for future presidents, you cannot do something like this and get a, and have no ramifications. And let's speak of the ramifications. So um, I don't have a fully inclusive list of, of what this entails, but when you impeach a president successfully, so that means the House and the Senate has voted in affirmation of the impeachment. The president is stripped of their presidential priorities. Uh, they do not get a uh, pension. They don't get secret service detail. No more tax dollars will be spent on them in the future or currently. They will instantly become a regular run of the mill citizen uh, like everybody else, uh, subject to the law and, and so on and so forth. And I think that has uh, a great weight of significance to it, personally. Well, be it as it may, I just I just have to still disagree with the fact that you uh, believe that it's not going to impede um, Joe Biden, because I think it will. So, Chauncey, are we in agreement then that the impeachment trials are necessary then? Or, or are you still in the position that they no, are necessary? No, absolutely not. I feel that Yes, with the uh, symbolism of what it will be. And yes, it will save the taxpayers uh, a ton of money. But mind you, presidents can choose and to opt out of Secret Service um, in their retirement from presidential office. But regardless, I just see this as, you know, this is a nation highly divided. Again, in another election, we saw this in twenty. God, seems like forever ago, but we saw this in 2016 uh, when President Trump made history and uh, defeated Hillary Clinton. And we see it today with pres President-elect, mind you, not the president yet, but President-elect Joe Biden's victory over President Donald J. Trump, which this had to be a very interesting election year. But the fact of the matter, though, still stands. Um, the thing that this country needs is unity and to move past this as quickly as possible. And I feel like these impeachment proceedings, once again, are just going to drag this out. You, for those that dislike President Trump very greatly, you're going to keep hearing his name for weeks, for months, who knows. But the fact of the matter, though, is my belief is that January 20th should be the last day I hear about Donald J. Trump, in my opinion. So I think there are elements of what you said that I can agree with, but there is one conservative talking point at this time that I have gotten uh, a, bit oh, nauseated, <laughs> a bit nauseated with, and I want to talk about that for a second. 
And this this also ties into the subject of America moving forward um, that we introduced at the heading in 2021 and beyond. So there's this idea of we need to move past this for unity, the unity of the country. But if I remember correctly, and I think this is accurate, in 2016, Trump won by such a small margin that he lost the popular vote, but won the Electoral College. And he only won the Electoral College within the popular vote of the states, that the swing states that he won by less than 1% margins. How yes. is that not divisive, but this event divisive? Well, and that was divisive. I'm not, uh, that's why I said in my previous statement, twice I said that this year is just as divisive, this presidential election was just as divisive as 2016. When you look at, yes, the, the popular vote was close, not as close as 2016 was, mind you, but even the election itself was close. I mean, how, how long did it take for, for us to officially get a president, Avery? Well, I think that's just due to how vote counting normally works. It, it never is that, yes, it's never but, decided but on, on election to, night. But what I'm trying to say, though, is, is that, yes, both last, the last two presidential elections, 2016, 2020, have both been very divisive. And the fact of the matter simply is, is that we are in this stage again. Donald J. Trump, when he was when he was uh, on election night, he said we need to bring unity. Joe Biden, same message on the night of uh, when he made that speech to to address the nation as that he is was officially uh, the presidential elect. Right. And I I get that. But I guess what I'm saying, that was just an example that I was bringing up. But the reason why I bring it up is because conservatives as a party. Uh, the Republican Party didn't is not using the same language about the 2016 election as they are about the 2020 uh, election. So Abby, as you know, ago in politics was like 100 years ago to where we are today. Especially well, what about the Supreme Court hearings? Especially the evolution of the GOP and of the Democratic Party. Well, what about the Supreme Court hearings? What about them? So Amy Coney Barrett. Topic. We're going off topic, Avery. No, no, it ties into to the, this, to the discussion. Okay. I'm just saying that. So what I'm saying is that the Amy Coney Barrett uh, Supreme Court hearings were by, by poll after poll, one of the most divisive things of 2020 politically. And yet conservatives moved forward with it anyway, even though the majority of Americans, the majority by public polling found that or thought that they should wait till the next term since it was so close a month out from the next uh, general election. And I think that was- Republicans didn't use unity then. Avery, that wasn't about unification. That was just straight up politics. Let's be honest here. And because obviously we're going- isn't this the same thing? We are obviously going off topic at this point, but I do want to defend this. The, The fact of the matter is this, President Obama, when he was left office, he had the opportunity. He had the opportunity to approve Supreme Court justice as well as appoint numerous federal judges. He didn't do that. He did. They just weren't confirmed because the Senate refused. He tried to make appointments. 
No, you are correct about the Supreme Court justices, but still, some of them could have gone in. Let's be honest, though. But the fact of the matter, though, is, is that we do know this whenever because that was a Republican run House and Senate, just like it was now. So, in, for example, if we flip the script and President Trump had won re-election, he would have a hell of a time right now getting anything done, even though in the House, at least the GOP did gain more seats. But here we go. Let me ask. Let me ask this question. This is where my line of argument was going. I want you to just, just answer this question. Was the Amy Coney Barrett Supreme Court hearing pro and accepting process, was that divisive? Yeah, it was a very divisive act, yes. But like I said, it was plainly political because it set up the Republicans by giving them a conservative majority in the Supreme Court, which, let's be honest, and I think everyone misconstrues this just because there's a Supreme Court justice that leans Democrat or Republican, or basically in the simplest terms, left-wing, white, right-wing, doesn't mean they're not going to make the right decision because at the end of the day, it's all about legality. And everyone should do their jobs dependent, uh, regardless of what their true core beliefs are. But, okay, well, yeah, let's... It was divisive. All right. Uh, I'm not going to press any more on that. The listeners can kind of decide for themselves how that... How how that went in term, for interpretation purposes. So, but, so let's, let's shelf that for another, another time because I think it is worth uh, uh, reevaluating and rediscussing. And no, let's, we'll yeah, let's, let's uh, turn our attention to um, a very divisive topic, uh, the future of, of the United States moving forward with, with the Biden administration. Well, let's so, just say this little tidbit real quick. Republicans are going, ha! And Democrats are cheering. That's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I think something that we discussed uh, prior to this episode um, was kind of fractioning of the GOP, right? This idea that the what is the future of the, the GOP going to look like, and what does that look like? How does that affect the average uh, like norm like uh, conventional GOP voter, right? And so you're one of those. So this is a great opportunity for for well, you to share your mind you, mind you, is good, sir. I am a registered independent, but I will state this: that just by seeing the evolution going back to as well that the Democratic Party has evolved. The GOP party is evolving as well. I mean, for example, you have <laughs> um, former Vice President Dick Cheney's daughter who uh, is who voted, was one of the 10 congressmen and women from the GOP who voted for in, in, in favor of impeachment of President Trump. Oh, okay. And, you know, and that speaks loud in the words because she is one of the third most powerful Republicans in the House. Well, in all of Congress, if I'm if I recollect correctly. So that speaks loud in the words that the GOP is done with President Donald Day Trump. And I do believe that, you know, right, whenever you have a president, especially with because President Trump representative of the GOP. And the fact of the matter, though, is, is that as 
he, when you when he, you have, when you are in the same party and there is someone behind who is the spokesperson for that party, and they say the most ridiculous things, unfortunately you have to go along with it. Obviously, uh, Mitt Romney didn't do any of that, and I respect him for that. So so candidate, but I respect him. No, I I agree to an extent. I have. Starting out, I think little respect for Romney, but I have a bit more, I guess. Here's the thing, though. So you, you mentioned something that definitely describes what happened with the GOP, but something that I were in that you have GOP members kind of going along with what the president says, who's effectively the leader of the party, whether or not they actually agree with his policies or, or how he goes about his uh, official powers, right? Um, and now I'm, I'm worried uh, moving forward, that that will become a more likely phenomenon. Now, I can't really speak on how common it was before, um, but given devi how divisive the United States is in terms of partisanship, and the, I mean, quite frankly, the fact that the GOP has made it so that our country is not that our country's policies that we're passing or the bills that we are passing do not actually match uh, the plurality of what people that are not representative of the uh, major opinions in the United States at this time. So for example, uh, if we matched public opinion to policy, we would have decriminalized marijuana, we would have a public option for healthcare, et cetera. Which could be legalized. What's that? I'm sorry, marijuana should be legalized. Just have to say. Okay, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good opinion. I think <laughs> most, so I think most- I partake, just so. Yeah. So, uh, no, that's, that's what I'm kind of worried about is I don't want, I think there's this idea in the Democratic Party that we, they go, don't take this the wrong way, Chauncey, I promise, but if you're not, you're, you, GOP voters, or do not equal GOP representatives. So if I say disparaging things about your representatives, I'm not reflecting it on you. Um, GOP, rep there's this idea in the Democratic Party that we go, we go high, they go low. They being the, rep the, the Republican Party. Um, in terms of the political tactics, uh, both parties are trying to use to achieve their ends. And I think a great example of this were, was the Supreme Court hearings uh, that we disagree about apparently, but uh, that happened last fall. Um, Republicans could have chosen, uh, I mean, Lindsey Graham's a great example of this. Uh, he's a complete hypocrite for ex in terms of his, literally his statements um, on that he wouldn't, he wouldn't, if, if a hearing, if a Supreme Court hearing happened uh, so near an election again in, in the next four years, that he would not vote for it. And of course he voted for it because it's politically advantageous, right? But it's I, like, I, it's I, a political Avery, Avery, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I will say this. Don't you think that if the, um, if we reverse parties, the Democratic Party would do the same thing? No, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that- Wait a minute. I'm not saying the Democrat, Democratic Party would have done that. I'm arguing that they ought not to, or, if everybody, this is what I mean when I'm saying uh, that I'm worried about the country moving forward in terms of political dynamics. If we're going to tear down norms, it's stupid, frankly, for one party to, to acknowledge the norms and the other party to not do that. 
What has happened is the Republican Party under Trump has said, these norms here for, your, for this democracy, we don't care about them. We're going to do whatever we need to uh, solidify our political agenda. Whereas the Democratic Party, now granted, I can't say whether or not they do this because they haven't been in this position in a while. The Democratic Party uh, hasn't had the opportunity to do that yet, really. The exception being when the, uh, they changed, I think, the Senate rules uh, during the Obama admin to allow for a simple majority for passing uh, nominations uh, versus a two thirds. Uh, and then the Republicans did the same thing when it was their turn. Um, should we always take the nuclear option? I guess is my question moving forward. Do you, do you, for example, Chauncey, do you think that's going to be more common? So that is a very great question. And the fact of the matter though, is as we both don't know, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I would hope that we would move from division, but knowing how Chuck Schumer is and Nancy Pelosi are, I, it wouldn't move past me. If they do um, just keep bombing back and forth and try to retake everything that was lost during the Trump years, I feel that that is something that is just going to happen. And that is something that, and like I said, Avery, this is going to be a little off topic uh, with, with this statement, but I feel like in that, that is what the fault is with the two party system. Um, and everyone that is out there, especially those listening you do know what I'm talking about because an independent is not independent because they don't like both parties. They're independent because they know a two party system is what is failing this country, especially with governing and truly, truly serving the American people. But I digress with that. But yeah. So when it goes back to it, all Avery, I hope and pray that we move away from division and both lines both parties can come together in unison for bills but let's be honest let's look at the coronavirus package you know the last one that we just got which was held hostage by uh the democratic party because they didn't want to you know that was held hostage and i will say this that well, I have to. I will say this: that holding that kind of thing away from Americans, especially when you have millions of Americans that are affected by both this pandemic and economic regression, solely due to the pandemic. Not blaming any individuals, even though I do believe that there could have been um, better handlement. Um, that's disgusting. And honestly, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, I hope I see them out of the door soon. So I won't, um, I certainly really, I, I won't really defend Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer in terms of uh, the things that they do in office. I don't really have a love for them. Uh, if they left, I, I probably wouldn't care that much. I think I would also view it as a good thing. But I do take issue with, here's my problem especially from conservatives who, who are offering this perspective that is supposedly objective, they still demonize Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer more, even when they're not in positions of leverage or power, right? So they for example, Chuck Schumer, he's a minority leader. 
Yes, it, but are they still not leaders in the Democratic Party? They are. But they don't have enough votes, is what I mean. If 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 McConnell doesn't want something to pass, it's not going to pass. Um, right? Like that was part, that was the original problem over the summer in trying to roll out a new COVID relief package is that McConnell would not do it. He It wasn't for political gain on Pelosi's part. I do agree that as it neared the election, as McConnell started to show signs that he was going to allow another package through, um, I will say there was some political gaming there with um, in Pelosi's decision making. But even then, they weren't the, the relief package that was going to be released was was pretty much garbage, to be honest. It didn't have individual payments. Um, I but don't the, believe it expanded the, unemployment no. benefits. The whole sole reason why is because the Republicans, the GOP, are reverting back to GOP true conservatism, which is don't spend all the damn money that, that we don't have. Because well, the they, they, they do that really optionally, don't they? Back to the matter, though, is, is right now, we are nowhere from hyperinflation. I will state that because there are people, especially conservatives, that think we are on the verge of that. We are not. We are only currently at 2% inflation. Fun fact for all you, everyone out there. But the fact of the matter, though, is, is that we are trillions of dollars in debt. We can't print more money. That's not a concept that we should ever believe in. But the debt is rising. And as much, and that's why they wanted not so much in the relief package, because especially with the, what the Democrats were proposing as well is that the relief package, they wanted to give it to even illegal immigrants, which a big topic there. Big, but we're not going to dive into that. But just yeah. that basis is just something that obviously no one wants it. So, so why should you give it to non-taxpayers? And I'll even say this. Well, the they free- do... Mm-hmm. I, I just just as a, as a factual thing, the majority of illegal immigrants do pay taxes. But well, we can discuss that we can discuss that another day, I think. Yes, that's going to be another day. But I'm not so I will correct myself there that yes, you are right. It's a little slip of the tongue there. Some illegal immigrants pay taxes, some don't. I mean, it's really hard to keep track of. So the statistics on that nah, but the fact of the matter still remains. We need to create jobs. We need to create, and this goes back into what the discussion's about, the future of 2021. So I'm hoping, so me personally, Avery, I think we should take this time to discuss what we think is going to happen in 2021. So yes. me, this, is, this is what I'm hoping. Okay, let's hear it. I'm hoping. I want more unity with the American people. I want people, instead of saying, oh my God, he's a Democrat, block, and Republicans saying, oh, you're a left-winger? Oh, you you a hippie, like, what the hell? You know, like, instead of this unison, like, people shouldn't be unfriended each other or not being friends because of political differences, just like when it comes to religious differences or differences of any sort, should not create someone not to, to disown somebody or something like that. Besides unity, I'm hoping for more across the aisle unity, passing bills, not getting stonewalled. I mean, obviously, at this point, the Democratic Party can do whatever the hell they want because they own 
right now, majority in the House and the Senate. So they can do whatever they want unless some, you know, Democrats flip. But, you know, we just need to get more stuff done. We need to create jobs. We need to help people get better, defeat this virus, move on with our lives. I mean, Avery, let's be honest. You know, I'm that guy now that it used to be, oh, shoot, I left my phone in the house. Oh, shoot, I left my keys in the house. Now it's like, damn it, I got to get my fucking mask. You know, and, <laughs> and I'm, I don't want to do that no more, just like anyone else. And me residing, you know, in the great state of New York, and yes, get listeners, if you haven't heard, got it from my accent, I'm a New Yorker, okay? Go Yankees. But, <laughs> and I love what New York has done with um, the coronavirus uh, reaction with how they've, uh, their rules. And I, I, I believe that they should do more. But, you know, especially to my friends in Florida, I'm sorry, I love you guys, but Florida is going to hell with, all you guys are letting on. You guys basically let anything go. No regulation, which I'm against. But the fact still remains that I want, and I'm going to break it down, unity, jobs, the, the defeat of COVID-19. Because I don't even want to think about COVID-20. But I want is this virus to be defeated. I want healthy economic growth and development. I want programs that actually make sense. And I want our veterans, I want everyone to be half happy, safe, and no unnecessary spending. Because trust me, Avery, we have the, the United States government have spent so much in relief. And honestly, Avery, at this point, and this is another thing that I'm just gonna touch bases on, but I'm not, we're not talking about it tonight, today. The United States needs to be more isolationist. They need to stop worrying about everybody else. And I think it's time that we worry about here, not about a country thousands of miles away. We need to worry about the people here at home. Simple as that. And that's what I hope 2021, 2021 and the next four years of Biden mean for the United States. Okay. But all it takes one day at a time. And yes, I am not running for political office and there's no one holding I was about to I was about to say we've got we've got a great political ad campaign from from China here. We, yeah, we 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 should uh, save this snip, you know. So you never know. Maybe I'll <laughs> vote for Chauncey 2020. For sure. So um yeah, uh so for me personally, um, and of course, moving forward, we, we can talk about these topics at a later, at a later date. I'm sure uh, activities by Congress, they're not, these issues aren't going away, in other words. Uh, for me personally, uh, I agree with you about COVID. I, I, I don't want to, moving forward, I don't want to worry about COVID-19. And in addition, I want to make sure that we put programs and preventative measures into place that make the rise of another of another pandemic less likely. We need to inc I want increased funding to for surveillance of emerging diseases 
and increase, uh, this is where we disagree, increase global funding to decrease um, the transmission of those diseases. I think that's necessary because where did COVID-19 start? It wasn't in the US, right? It, it was in Asia, it was in China. And in next, next time, because it's, it's not if, it's when the next pandemic starts. Um, maybe it won't be China, it might be Africa, it might be Australia, it might be South America, it might be here, who knows? We need to be prepared. So increase funding to task force measures. Um, on that topic, I definitely want the COVID-19 uh, relief package to pass. Um, I think it doesn't go far enough. Uh, I think we need, uh, uh, this is also where we disagree. I think we need to print more money. I think we need more aid uh, than, when, than what we're getting because the government left people hanging for, for like almost six, seven months without any aid whatsoever. They gave us like a $600 check originally and said, there you go, there you go, guys, hope it's enough. And it wasn't. And the last time I checked, my rent is over three is almost three times that amount. Um, so it doesn't well, really. Me. Well, it depends where you live. In the South, two thousand dollars is a lot. In New York, it's like, oh, hey, look, I found a quarter on the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, in in broader terms, so and the topic of unity, I, I want our political discourse to be better. In that, instead of shouting at each other. Uh, endlessly, it seems. I would like the attempt to be equal on both sides in listening to the arguments of the other person and ushering in a new era uh, of, of facts actually mattering again. Um, I, I would really love it if social media wasn't populated with comments that were just uh, misinformation like they were the past uh, four years. Um, and it's only gotten worse. Well, and I I do have to say this. You can't blame the Republican Party or Trump for that. You have to blame the bots and the lack of um, action by social media, like especially Facebook. You know, they're the ones who should be filtering this content. Yes, it is unconstitutional and to derive on other people's free speeches, but obviously political information as well as accurate information. False information of any kind should not be uh, passed around because you don't know how many times I heard Betty White died. And I tell you, that woman is going to live freaking forever. Like, damn, bro. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, so congratulations, Betty White. Miss Betty, if you are listening to this, thank you for being a listener. And I am so happy to find that you have survived 2020. What a horrible year that was. Dumpster yeah. fire of a year. It was but a dumpster fire of a year. It was. It was. And more fuel just kept getting instead of water. We were using gas to try to put it out. So, but so, ahead. yeah. So uh, I'm hoping as a progressive, uh, I'm hoping that the oh, next. The time. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think a lot of social Democrats are progressives, uh, but not always. There are some really weird cases. Um, as a progressive, as a so, uh, as a, as a, um, uh, a democratic socialist, um, I want I want there to be increased pr provisions for I want the bills that to be I want bills to be passed that address climate change that address uh, 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 tax uh, tax breaks for the rich that um, increase access to health care that. Um, increase access to housing, 
uh, overhaul of the tax code, uh, getting rid of tax loopholes and tax sanctuaries, Amen. Um, decreasing, uh, decreasing the incentive for, for corporations to move overseas, punishing them for doing that. Um, yeah, I, I want, I want what you, I want what you want as well. I want the economy to boom. Um, but I want it to be done in a way that is fair to workers and in which they get as much of their fair share as possible. Um, and I think, for example, the COVID-19 relief package, I'm kind of surprised it's in there, but uh, federal minimum wage of being raised to 15 is a step in the right direction. Um, but I think that doesn't go well, nearly far enough. Well, I, <laughs> I do. Avery, do you think we have enough time to cover a little bit about what I think our next topic should be, which is taxes? Because that is something that it will come up very, very soon. So I don't know if we have enough time. I think we're, we're I think we're cutting at least it. To, at, least to, at least to start a basis of sure. where you so, are. Yeah, so I think that's one of the first things that's going to be enacted by uh, this Congress, right, in terms of budgeting is, is taxes. Um, so I can say where I stand uh, as, a, as a democratic socialist and, and again, I'm not trying to gatekeep. My definition of that's probably going to be different than other people's. So moving forward, I'm just going to adopt progressive. Um, it's less divisive also. Um, as a progressive, I think that a, a, progressive, a progressive tax code is a better tax code in which people who make more money pay a larger share of taxes. Uh, and people who make less money don't pay as much in taxes. If you can afford it, you give back into the system. Because partially, one of the reasons that you have so much money is because you've been able to take advantage that the system uh, that everyone pays into uh, provides you in terms of resources. Um, and in terms of past tax proposals, proposals, I strongly disagreed with the Trump tax cuts, for example. I don't think trickle-down economics is real, and I don't think there's any evidence to really, um, uh, in fact, to for that, for it to be uh, supported. But that, that's where I stand. That's that's what I would want. Well, and what I'm going to say is, is two things. First, people go about it the wrong way. You don't raise the minimum wage at the federal level or the state level. You get companies that raise their wages. How do you do that? Tax, by giving them incentives. Otherwise, cost of goods go up. So it's just, uh, you know, yeah. Bill's getting $15 an hour now, but now cost of living's gone up. We, everyone who lives in New York knows how it is now. I mean, God damn, I miss getting a, uh, being able to order a dollar cheeseburger at McDonald's. They don't got a dollar menu here no more. God damn it. But it is what it is. But, you know, thank you, Fight for 15. And the tax raises here. Thank you, de Blasio. Can't wait for him to be out. But the fact that Matterville still stands is that when it comes you to could tax, vote for you could vote for Yang. Isn't he running for mayor of New York City? Yang no, Gang uh, 2021, 2022. <laughs> no, no, no comment. But the fact <laughs> that is bye-bye, de Blasio, you stupid son of a bitch. We don't, we will not miss you. But I will say this, when it comes to um, taxes, I have no, I'm not against, yes, you know, raising, 
like someone who makes significant more money to get taxed a little more. I get that. I just don't think it should be outrageous because here's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, they're rich. They can afford it. But they've worked their butts off in most cases, especially, you know, let's say they had a uh, poor to rich story, you know, because this is the United States. You can do whatever you want. You have that opportunity. It's a fact. If you're willing to just roll up your sleeves, get to work, boom, you can, anything is possible. But I don't believe in 50%, for example, that some Dems have, you know, proposed a 50% tax on the rich. I think that's idiotic. Um, but what I do believe is instead of trying to gouge the rich to support the 99%, you should be going after the tax codes, but you want to know why Avery, that's not going to happen because too many people benefit from tax loopholes, especially our own government officials. And honestly, the swamp needs to be drained in my opinion, but <clears throat> The fact still remains, go after the tax codes, fix those laws first, get rid of the loopholes, and then, then you'll see who's rich and who's not afterwards. And then when it comes to taxes, you know, blue everyone, you know, blue collar workers, yes, they should work. Yes, they should be taxed. Yes. Uh, but don't, don't, I feel like that's what was a, uh, a benefit of the Trump tax cut was that they had more, the, the blue collar worker had more money in their pocket, which is nice. Now come tax season, which is vastly appropriate. I know I got my W-2s uh, today actually, and on the 15th, haha, you know, it is soon approaching. And <laughs> tax season guys and gals, it's a scam. I'll tell you that right now. And yes, Avi, I know it's off topic, but it's a scam. Why but is it a scam? Here's the thing, Avery. Do you not think the United States already knows how much people owe? Oh, oh no, yeah, no. We we agree. This is the one thing, everybody. We entirely agree on. Um, yeah. It's yeah. a scam, folks. Like we have a relative who lives in Passau, Deutschland. Hello, Alex. Hello, and um. He, uh, long story short, just to sum it up, the government, I have to send you a bill in the mail saying, hey, you owe us $500. Or they're like, hey, here's a check for $500. That's it. The government knows, ladies and gentlemen, or whatever your identity is, because Avery, it's 2021. And, you know, um, and simply put, um, you know, they already know if you owe and if you don't. Because here's the thing, you know, it's like, what didn't we talk about, Avery, when we, uh, when we talked about this, that there was, um, there was a, I, I, guys, I need to do more research on this. I really do, because I wasn't prepared today to talk about this a little bit. But there was a uh, congressman, a woman, I forget, who made a bill trying to state that oh we need to uh regulate you know like long story short we don't need third party we don't need turbo tax we don't need hnr block we don't need any of these companies the government needs to run itself so we need to get more funded to the irs but you know what the lobbyists for hnr block turbo tax etc they said oh shit this guy's trying to come after our money 
And they just funded all, they gave the money to who they needed for the votes, like they always do. Just like Avery, for, for the, the GOP, it's big oil. For the Dems, it's um, Tesla. I don't know. <laughs> what about that one? I don't know. Elon Musk has a lot of money, Avery. He's not paying his fair share, though. All right. Yo, Mr. Musk. Where my free Tesla? I give back. I mean, Musk. Musk made like uh, over, I think, over a hundred billion dollars like last week. So he he can afford giving you one. Um. Okay. So yeah, I think we can totally discuss that. It's a bit of a broad topic, and we can come better prepared. But uh, yeah, we can we can slate that for next week. Um. And if not, we can discuss the, depending on what happens in Congress, the COVID-19 relief package, whatever form it starts going through, or how the inauguration uh, proceeds. We still don't know if uh, what that's going to look like um, huh. in terms like of going forward. I tell you what, that. Like the inauguration? 4,000 troops, the gates, the fences, shutting everything down. And I was saying it looks like a movie. Oh, Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be violent like the Capitol Hill stuff? To be honest with you, I don't know. But guys, it is the most hard thing for us to do. And it's time to say Auf or for my non-German speaking friends until we see you next time. So Avery, we talked a lot today, just to sum it up. We talked about a little recap about Capitol Hill. We skipped on entitlements, guys, because like Avery said, there's so much more important news that needs to be out there and needs to be discussed. And we discussed it. Went on a little trip down into what we think the first 100 days of President-elect, soon to be President Joseph Biden uh, Jr. Um, 100 days is gonna look like what we hope 2021 and the four years under President Biden will look like, and of course, the impeachment, the second impeachment of President Donald Joseph Trump. Historic, yes. Necessary, no, in my opinion. And then of course, we followed it up. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And then of course, we went off topic, Avery, at the end, and sorry guys, Again, a little more structure as we go along. One one episode at a time. And yeah, we dived in a little bit into taxes. So come see us next week as we talk about whatever the hell is going to happen on January 20th, 2021. And or maybe taxes. And or maybe taxes. Who knows? Um, once again, and if guys, anybody is if anybody is in the D.C. area uh, for the inauguration, please be safe. Yes, everyone. Um, from the bottom of our hearts, we hope, and at least on my end, pray that everyone stays safe out there in Washington, D.C., in any major U.S. city. Um, be safe, be kind, and live, love, laugh, guys. Seriously. It's been real, guys. See you next time. Now don't you fall asleep on me.